where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Welcome back. Balloon Party driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. 101 ESPN. That's our summit music. That's when you know we're about to get down to business. Haunting. Jeremy Rutherford is in studio. Welcome to the summit. I figured that was going to be like a new NBA theme song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what the Nuggets are coming out to tonight. (laughs) You better believe it. Uh, JR, thank you so much for coming in. I mean, I texted you like at 630. So I just assume... If you're under a certain age, that everybody's got their do not disturb on. So even when I'm up, I've been up since three, like some kind of lunatic. And uh, and at 6.30, I'm like, I, I don't think you're on any other shows on the station. With our little one-hour nitwit hour, I never want to like ruin the good shows. So if they've got you on another show, I'm like, I'm not going to... But I didn't think you were on, so I'm like, hey, are you on? And then you offer to come in studio for this summit. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, six thirty. I just got back from Pilates. I saw your text. <laughs> yeah, you do look limber today. I guess uproarious <laughs> laughter by me was not appropriate. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I've always said that for years. It's not the person who makes the joke. It's always the follow-up laughter yeah. snide. It, well, it's it's like when you ask a question and then the guy clearly gets pissed off at the question. People go, "What a bad question!" I'm like, the question might have been good. The guy might have just been in a crappy mood and wanted yeah. to dress you down. Yeah. Uh, so we have this summit here. Two segments. Can we do two segments? You can do whatever you want. Wow. How about yeah. that, uh, Jeremy Rutherford? I know a lot of people have some thoughts. Probably had a lot of thoughts after the Black game and then after the Sabres game but last night fair to say that was the uh that was the low point you know it's hard to do this when you actually Mount co- Rushmore of low points of the 2022 <laughs> yeah. 2023 season it, it, it's actually hard to do this when you cover the team because you need to know whatever happens all the way to the final whistle you know after after the game people could ask you anything and you need to be in a position to answer the question I almost turned it off last night. That might have been the first time in years where you're just looking at the TV, and you're not a fan. You're not upset. It's just like, I don't know if I can keep watching this. Like, it it was bad. And then, yeah, you look at these last three games, a three-game losing streak. You're down 3-0 to the Hawks. You're down 4-0 to Buffalo. You're down 5-0 last night. That's tough tough to explain away or defend, right? It is, and people, you know, have talked about them coming back in a few games. But yeah, you're going to make a push in the third period. The other team's backing off, and mm-hmm. they've got the game won, so on and so forth. So just no life. Uh, I don't want to say no life. There's a couple fights in here, you know, recently, and you know, a couple players I think showing some emotion. But I think for the most part, uh, this has not looked like an NHL hockey team the past couple games. I'm going to ask uh, Jr. a few questions, and then we will go to the Air Comfort Service text line. So you want to have your opinions or questions heard and answered. 314-399-9646. Jeremy Rutherford, kind enough to come in studio on very short notice. Uh, let me start with this one. Have you seen a change uh, in the team's demeanor or attitude over the last couple of weeks compared to the earlier frustrating stretches of the season? This team got so close to crawling back into a playoff spot, and then the wheels just fell off. Uh, is it getting harder for the team to think that they're a win streak or two away 
from resetting the season? I think so, definitely. You know, I think that even though fans, media looked at them a month ago and said, how is this team going to become a playoff team? I think they believe that they could still put together a couple winning streaks. You know, I don't want to say that they're resigned to the fact because I don't think really professional athletes get to that point till it's it's mathematically. But I do think what, what you say here, you know, just looking at their faces the other night in the locker room, uh, the night uh, they lost to Buffalo and they gave up all the open slot shots. I mean, Braden Shen, you're standing next to him and he's just staring into space a little bit as he's talking to you, Justin Falk, yeah. you know, these guys. So I think, yeah, you get to a point where you say, for whatever reason, you know, these guys are thinking uh, it's just not working for us and we can't figure out why, and they get to that point you're talking about. Doug Armstrong was vocal regarding Craig Berube, the first address of the media in November, if memory serves. That was either late October or early November. Um this is the first time I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it throughout the course of January with the disappointment that's taken place. But this is the first time I've seen it since around then, uh, whether it be here in the Air Comfort Service text line, social media mentions uh, where people are back on, not everybody by any means, but it's starting to pop up again. Uh, number one, do you still view him as safe? I mean, he's made it this far into the year. And then number two, what is your perception or insight into his command of the room at the moment? Yeah, you're right, Tim. I think that uh, when Doug came out and that became a, a topic, you know, uh, back then in November, uh, there were a lot of people who said, I think he is a problem. And you had a lot of people, a lot more people say, you know, I don't think he's the problem. Now you get to that situation again where people are talking about Craig Bruby's job. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of it last night after the game, but I still see a, a good number of people saying he's not the problem, it's the roster. I don't think Craig Bruby's the issue just talking to people and, and watching myself each day. I don't think he's the issue. You know, people listening right now might disagree with that. But here's my question to you. If you think he's the problem, do you think another coach comes in and can get this roster as it's currently constructed, even if you bring back some of these guys, the the guys like O'Reilly and Buchnevich, can you lead this team to wins and get in the playoffs? And I'm not talking about the jolt you're going to get from a coaching staff that goes away in three weeks. I'm talking mm -hmm. about a coach who can come in and, and lead this team. Maybe it can, but I don't think that's going to solve what the Blues' problems are. Jackson posed this question in the uh, award-winning six-shooter, um, and it was, I'm paraphrasing here, but what is a better chance of happening, am I correct? The Blues make the playoffs or the Blues sign Ryan O'Reilly to a contract extension. Yep. You had a hell of a story uh, in The Athletic yesterday regarding O'Reilly and a conversation you had with him, and he conveyed that he'd be willing to take less to stay, and he is hopeful that that can happen, and indicated that there is either some discussion going or he's hoping that there will be some discussion going. Uh, how would you answer uh, the first question of today's six-shooter? The six-shooter. Yeah. Uh, pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> I told you about that. My daughter said that a few weeks ago. I'm like, what are you saying? Pew, pew. I don't understand. She's like a cop. I go, what do you mean a cop? She's shooting. And I go, okay. <laughs> it's like, this is a new thing. But then when I heard Jackson say it, okay, yeah. it's legit. Yeah. I got it. Well, yeah. you know me. I'm, I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> uh, you know, make the playoffs, Ryan O'Reilly sign. Uh, I just read Dom's story at The Athletic, and I, I didn't know what the percentage was after last night's game, but it looks like it's 3% chance of making the playoffs. Money pucks in around 5%. 5%? Okay. Yeah. They're also 3% at Counter Bedard right now. I, I think yeah, it, well, it's 4% on money pucks, so it's starting to get even. Yeah, about get even. Yeah. So I don't think the Blues are going to make the playoffs. I'd have to side in the six-shooter question there with the O'Reilly thing. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. Right. We can talk about but that. But we have to choose between the two. But if you have to choose between the two, I think there's probably a slightly better chance that uh, O'Reilly would resign. What do so, you guys say? Uh, I went 
went with, I, I don't think there's any chance with the O'Reilly thing, and I also don't think there's virtually any chance that they make the playoffs, but I would give that a higher percentage. Now, you are the one who spoke with him. I imagine at some point you'll also talk with or have talked with people close to the situation from the front office side. Uh, what was you? I mean, you can provide some context. You were sitting there with him on on that conversation. I was stunned when I read your story. I really was. I was really. It was, it's great reporting. I was surprised by the things that he was saying. Not that he's saying we're just a win streak away. We believe this team can win this year, or next year. Is the captain? What else is he going to say? He has to say that. But when he was talking about really wanting to. Uh, stay and work, start and work on an extension, and uh, how he would take less to stay here. And, and and also, I want to ask this: the players' union has, you know, he right. can't just go right. whatever. I want to stay in St. Louis, so there's that element of it too. Yeah, like Jackson can't come in and say, "I only take 110," you know, because right. I want to work here. Right, 100. 100. Yeah, Cause, cause <laughs> very he's, similar. Because he's currently at a buck seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're sitting there with Ryan O'Reilly at the practice facility, and here's how it went down. So we're working on a story at the Athletic about the trade that brought him from Buffalo to St. Louis. Yeah, as we get closer the fifth anniversary is coming up. Yeah, what a trade! And so you pick the. Biggest trade, you know, obviously we've broken down Hall so many times that we're going to use this uh, Ryan O'Reilly one. So, you know, I want to sit down with him and talk about that time in his career when he was coming to St. Louis. And you do about 15 minutes chatting with him about that. And then I said, hey, listen, need to ask you about your future. Feel free to swat away any questions that you don't want to ask, but I'm just going to throw them at you and and you let me know. And you don't know where to start because you want to break the ice a little bit. Uh, But I just said, hey, listen... You came out several months ago and said that uh, you and, and Doug and the team had some preliminary talks. Has that picked up? Has that changed? Is there anything different with that? And I was a little bit surprised that he came out and said uh, what he did, which was, yeah, we've talked recently and uh, we're you know, starting a little bit of dialogue about a possible extension. And actually, when he finished his answer, Tim, I had to look at him and say, hey, listen, I just want to be a million percent clear I got this right. So you're saying you've spoken to the Blues about a potential contract. And he said, yeah. And I said, "Okay." So, you know, away we go and start talking about that situation. And he kept coming back to I just want to be here for this. You know, everybody you know thinks that we're we're out We're we need to rebuild. We don't. I don't think we do. We're closer than everybody thinks. And I want to be a part of it. Wow. Have you gotten any indication from the Blues as to where they are on that? No, as we know, you know, I don't pretend to, you know, know what Doug Armstrong's thinking along those lines. He's super stealth with that stuff. Uh, the circle's tight, which, you know, I understand why he keeps it that way. Uh, but, you know, I think it's also common knowledge that the Blues have gauged interest in what they could get for Ryan O'Reilly. I think Darren Drager, who talks to a lot of NHL people around the league. So you're going to catch that information mm-hmm. probably before a guy in St. Louis who's focused on the Blues you know, Darren Drager's hearing a lot of stuff around the league, and he said that, yeah, they've reached out and, and they're, they're gauging interest. So to me, I think when you hear about a potential contract extension or at least Ryan O'Reilly telling you that they've had talks, I think it's Doug Armstrong doing his due diligence on both sides, yeah. checking with the options around the league and also checking, hey, what would it cost to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly if they wanted to? And then you, you know what you've got when you head into the deadline. Any indication on what it looks like? you could get for him. And I've seen wide delta. What are you seeing on what the market looks like for him? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I hate to kind of repeat stuff that I've heard, whether it be three weeks ago, a month ago, but I have, you know, heard it from multiple places that you're looking at a first round pick and possibly a prospect. And we're not talking about a 
upper echelon, first round draft pick, guy, you know, just 19 years old. You know, maybe it's a second round pick. Maybe it's a guy who um, isn't one of the team's best prospects. Uh, but at, nonetheless, you get a first round pick and a top prospect. I think that's what you could be looking at for Ryan O'Reilly. All right. We have a, a million texts in here for questions for you, and we will go through uh, as many as we can coming up on the other side of our commercial break. It is Balloon Party with Jeremy Rutherford in studio. For a summit. Uh, millions of texts with Jeremy <laughs> Rutherford in studio here for the uh, summit. I am going to uh, go through as many as I can, JR, here, because I know the people are angst ridden following last night. Uh, JR, what does a realistic contract Five extension mean? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just pre programmed yeah. now after, after being hit with that kind of question. I'm going to go on the moron show where all I got to do is give the score, and it sounds like I'm up to date. What does a realistic contract extension for Ryan O'Reilly look like? Uh, what that would work for both Ryan and the Blues. Uh, could you see? I mean, I'm just going to throw this out yeah, there. Three here? times five. I, I was mean, thinking that that's actually what I was thinking. Like that's maybe fair. you could get it down from five if you gave him the fourth year, but I don't know if you if you want to give him the fourth year. But somewhere in there. Uh, let's see what we got. Is it possible that any of these trades are a hockey trade for a young controlled NHLer? If that is possible, who is someone that may be available in a fit with the Blues? That comes from Andrew in the 618. Well, Andrew, the only one that comes to mind, and this is probably a long shot, I you know, I reached out to my colleague in New York. You had uh, Alex uh, Lafreniere, the number one overall I'll pick from a few years ago. He was a healthy scratch for the Rangers this year. Uh, people look at that as a potential hockey trade. Say you were trading Tarasenko there and the Rangers didn't want to give up a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, Do they move on from Lafreniere? I don't, I don't think so, but... You know, if you're going to talk about trading Tarasenko, O'Reilly, these guys, could you get a, a player like that? You know, I, I doubt it. If the Blues, if when the Blues trade O'Reilly, set the over-under amount of days, weeks, months until Thomas wears the C. That's from the 417 down Springfield way. Yeah, it's a good question. The only thing with uh, Shen, I think he has five years left. Yeah. And, and I think that um, he's kind of the emotional leader, the, the conscious of the team. I think the one reason... I would give it to Thomas if you decided to give it to Thomas is because you know you're going to get Shen's leadership anyway without that C, and maybe you're you know planning a little bit for the future with a guy like Robert Thomas, and you know that Shen's going to be there. But otherwise, I would think it would go to number 10. Uh, guys, what has a better chance of occurring, the Blues signing Ryan O'Reilly to an extension or JR doing Pilates? Uh, you, are, you already told us. <laughs> You were doing them this morning at, what, 5? That's when you got up and did them? Yeah. Well, you said there was no chance of the O'Reilly thing. You said that, right? Yeah. What do you think the chance of me and the Pilates? What is less than zero? A wonderful film that included Jackson's favorite football team, the Bengals, Susanna Hoff's Hazy Shade of Winter? Yes. <laughs> That's uh, now my baseline behavior for Jackson has no idea what I'm talking about. It sounds like that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think there's a chance that O'Reilly signs a 20-year deal before you catch me at class. That <laughs> <laughs> really 20-year deal. Can you imagine what your emails would look like? Thank goodness I didn't buy tickets for Valentine's Day night dinner and watch these blues play. I'd be sleeping with my hand that night. Thank you. That's from the 573. Wow. <laughs> yes was the right answer to that question. Yes. But see, if you yes. were if you were doing your hit on TMA and that came in, your answer would be different. Am a little I bit correct? Different. See? Yeah. You put on your big boy pants when you come in here. 
I'm, I'm That's why I was a TMA answer was going through my head and I had to stop. I and said, you did the right thing. You just went, wow. That's a, it's like when I used to host a show with Frank Cusimano and I would say something weird. He'd go, okay, Arnold, <laughs> save us. And he'd just go to the phone lines because you know what the hell to do. <laughs> uh, let's see. My, my question is, first off, I am a fan of Craig Berube. I think he's an awesome coach. But my question is, the Blues turning with the Blues turning to this speed team instead of this heavy defensive team, it used to be uh, when Chief took over, I'm starting to think he's not the right coach for where the organization is trying to go. What are your thoughts on the topic from the 980? Well, I go back to a comment that Doug Armstrong made back in November. You were talking about that earlier where he said, hey, listen, maybe we need to talk more about being on the same page in terms of putting that, you know, square peg into a round hole. You know, I, I think that you got to give them a little bit of flexibility in terms of there's transition with a roster over the years. It evolves, right? You can't just handpick guys. Okay, you're going to yeah. you do this. You know, t- you got to find teams that want these guys to be able to change the roster over the way you want to. So I don't think it can happen overnight. Um, but I'll say this that Craig Berube will coach skilled players. Look what he's done with a guy like Jordan Cairo and even Robert Thomas. He can do it. But I don't think the Blues as a whole have the type of roster that can give you a, what I, I tweeted it last night, singular identity where you're going out and playing you know, the, the same brand of yeah. hockey. And I think that's going to take time for Doug Armstrong to change some of these roster decisions that he's made. Uh, get this question along the coaching lines. The Blues missing Jim Montgomery more than they thought they would. Yeah, I think that's a, a, an issue. I don't think if Jim Montgomery's on this team, they're in second place in the Central Division. But I do think that if he were here, you know, he kept the mood light. And obviously he's on the details, right? The, the special teams did a tremendous job, and those uh, Boston special teams are terrific. And the Bruins have been unbelievable this yeah year. i mean what a what an operation that is holy crap yeah and i talked to jim montgomery earlier in the year when the blues played him and he said jeremy this patrice bergeron is un. you know he said what a great leader they've just got a great culture he walked into a, a phenomenal situation and i think that he's added his you know uh impression on everything and, and i think the two have come together terrifically uh jr what are the chances army makes an old school big trade involving three to ten players to maybe fix this situation that's tim from the south side <laughs> is this a camo x uh <laughs> show yeah, this is kind of like i'm tom ackerman yeah and we'll give you tyler pitlick and <laughs> you know uh i don't think so it's so hard in today's nhl i mean could there be something like that this summer we'll see i don't I don't think you're going to see anything like that at the trade deadline, uh, but I think that uh, those are more individual moves that you have to make, and then it kind of adds up that way as opposed to those big moves that we saw 20 years ago. Uh, I would be remiss if I had you in here for two segments and didn't read a Pareko text. Uh, Tareko, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, this would be the theme of the multitudes that have come in for a guy who's so big. Why does he play so soft? There's my concise version of about the five that are in here. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's who he is. Like, we're not going to get to a point where we say, okay, maybe next year he'll become this type of guy. It's not going to happen. This who he is. But that doesn't mean that he can't play a consistent brand of hockey it doesn't mean that he still can't be a guy who can give you 22 23 minutes a night that you can count on him and and I don't think you can do that right now uh, there's been a lot of inconsistency in his game and so when you add that to the fact that he's not doing the other things playing with any sort of yeah. edge or using that shot then you just look and you say why like it it looks like a waste when you see a guy not doing some things you think he can be, and then he's not doing the things he's supposed to be doing. Would the Blues be better off with draft capital or near NHLers in return at the trade deadline? It's a real good question, and the reason I say that is because 
a lot of times you can look at a team situation and say, well, definitely draft capital or definitely players that are closer. And in the Blues situation, what is it? Because you could probably get more draft capital because teams aren't going to trade you NHL-ready players because they're they're trying to get to the playoffs and go beyond. Uh, but I think in this situation, if you're the Blues, you almost need players because you have the Nick Lettys, the Braden Chins, all these guys with these contracts, right. and you know Justin Falks, and and in a couple of years those contracts are going to look pretty ugly. They're going to be on the backside of them. They're still eating up a lot of cap. So to me, I don't know what that draft capital can do for you in the near term because yeah. those guys are four or five years away. Yeah, th- that's that's one of the things that when I think about this and not just think about this season and the disappointment, I go, boy, is this? Are we at the beginning of a? A period in time of something that is kind of unfamiliar to blues fans who don't remember the the dark days of come grow with us I, I think you're definitely getting to that point where a year ago or maybe even six eight months ago I didn't think we were gonna do that I, th- I thought well, they're coming off of nearly beaten not nearly beating but I mean they were right there with the avalanche who yeah. went on to easily win the cup well and you look at those contracts you say okay Doug's not gonna go that route he has to keep you know making some tweaks to keep this core going because there's so many guys under long-term contract but now I'm starting to get closer to thinking that you uh, you know you hate to use the term blow it up but significant significant changes final question for you and I know we've talked about it but uh, maybe things have changed now especially with your conversation with Ryan O'Reilly which you can read in the athletic a uh, great piece of reporting by JR I asked you about the possibility of O'Reilly and the Blues doing something similar to what we saw with Kachuk Waite, uh, Kachuk and the Thrashers, and then immediately making his way back to St. Louis. Any chance of that happening now before you had told me you thought if he goes, he's gone? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked because I have heard some people the past couple of days say, no, that's out of the question for sure, and I don't want to you know, leave that impression because anything can happen. Like, But, but my thing is – we don't even know what's going to happen in three weeks. So how do we know what's going to happen in six months? You know, if O'Reilly does want to come back, perhaps they do move him and perhaps he does come back. But I'll stick to my answer that I gave you earlier is, you know, I I just can't see that being the situation because I think if you're moving from O'Reilly, you're moving from him and you're going to go in a different direction. If you wanted to resign him, resign him now. And then there's a really good chance, uh, you know, that obviously you're going to have him for the next couple of years. You let him go. Let's just say he goes to Toronto. He likes his time there. You know, how can you guarantee that he's coming back? Mm-hmm. So so I think if you move him, you're probably moving him, and you're you're saying, okay, we are going this direction, and we're changing the look of the team. There it is. JR with us for the summit. Got to, uh, I think, uh, about 15 of the texts uh, that came in, and, and certainly uh, we appreciate all the people who participated in the fun games, and thank you, sir. For coming oh, in, anytime. I know you were gassed after the Pilates session when you read my text, and yet you still were a champion in here. Anytime. I wanted to send you off. I knew that when you called, you're like, man, we if we could just get JR for 30 minutes, that would kill some time. We're, you know, because we're, we're leaving for Jamaica in the morning, and I just want to get through this what Friday. What do you think about Jackson and his special roommate? Or, which show are we on right now? <laughs> How can I answer Let's this question? we're on HD2. <laughs> I've begged him to go, but he won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been Thanks, boys. JR, thank you so much.